Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing, where each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom from the female perspective. Everything from Star Wars, to The Office, to cosplay, to fanfic. It's all right here, so sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hey, just a quick little note before the show begins. We are going to be hosting a Netflix watch party to celebrate Bruce Campbell. We're going to be watching The Evil Dead. So that's going to be starting at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on Sunday, May 24th. There's more information on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. And on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. So I hope to virtually see some of you there. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. This week, we are going to be talking about streaming platforms and the effect they've had on fandom, um, cable, shows, movies, everything, because um, they have really changed the way we consume entertainment. So this should be an interesting discussion. And we have two great panelists on today. One is a frequent guest and one is a first-time guest, so I'm always excited when I have new guests on. So I'm going to have her introduce herself first, and she has a very familiar name. (laughs) So Erin, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and let me know one thing in pop culture that you're Uh, excited about Hi. Yeah, my name is Erin also. Erin 2, I guess. Um, That's what we'll do. (laughs) Erin 1 and Erin 2. We'll get matching shirts. Erin 2. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, so I um, live in Denver with my husband and two very spoiled dogs. Um, I'm very crafty, and I love sewing and nerdy, nerdy stuff. Um, one, uh, just one thing that I'm excited about. Um, I know it's hard. I yeah. I <laughs> just finished. I guess I just finished, um, and I was super excited that it was back um, season two of Diablero on Netflix, which is um, my new obsession, I guess. Um, it's it's amazing oh. if you guys haven't seen it. It's the short description, mm-hmm. I guess, is just it's very similar to Supernatural, only um, it's in Mexico City. Um, and it's a Spanish show, but there's amazing voice actors, so you don't have to read subtitles. But it's it's just really, really good. So you should go watch it. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I've heard no, that one. I've you not, heard of that actually, one, Meg? And so I'm gonna probably hop on it now that I have so much time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's>... Sorry. <laughs> and so that <laughs> so that that brings me to frequent guests, although she hasn't been on here in a few weeks. Yeah, I feel like, <laughs> Meg, I'm like is that on purpose? Is this stuff you know something <laughs> they don't want? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, so yeah. I'm Meg, and I'm actually pretty excited because it's been a while since I've been on, which means I actually had a chance to watch something new and not just reruns of The Office, which is my <laughs> I still am doing that, but but uh, so I've actually been watching a few new series, and I'm going to just mention one because I think um, the other two are a little bit more well-known, but Upload on Amazon Prime. I oh, yes. that, That's I think, good. a couple of days maybe after it came out. And I just thought it was a really cool concept. And I know that some people, um, oh, I can't remember what show, what show or movie they called it, a little bit of like a knockoff of. Um, but I really, really enjoyed it. I like, I love Robbie Amell. I love the kind of the idea and the moral 
gray area um, that it really kind of explores. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to spoil it or anything, but it's just the idea that your consciousness becomes a commodity is really interesting and kind of gives you a lot of questions. So that's one of the things I've been watching. Otherwise, I've been, yeah, I've had a, I've had a lot and I'm having a hard time only talking about one. Hmm. Big shock. I'm having a hard time (laughs) limiting. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's pretty shocking. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a good show. And I know, I don't know if you knew this, but it did get, um, I I was really excited and now I'm going to be really bothered when I can't remember what, um, like I, there was a, a bad review about it, and it said it was like a cheap knockoff of something else. And I'm gonna be really annoyed that I can't think of it. Oh, I think they said it was a cheap knockoff of The Good Place or something, which didn't make any sense to me at all. And I'm like, those are very different, very, very different. <laughs> you know, that was actually gonna be my guess was that maybe, and and I don't I don't think it is a knockoff of that. But I was trying to think what would be the one thing they would think that it was a knockoff of. And then I thought, well, maybe that, but, and maybe it's, and maybe they mentioned that just because of the connection between, you know, um, and Michael Greg Shore Hansen. and um, Greg Daniels. Yeah. That like, might okay, be Okay. Well, one is like that, your but... soul and your, and your essence. And the other one is your consciousness and, and your brain. And, and it, at what point, I guess, is an interesting debate, I get, I suppose. <laughs> at what point do those things overlap? But anyway. But, yeah. See. I'm going to talk so much. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a good... <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, have uh, you no, watched that show yet? No, it's in my queue. Um, but I, I'm going to get to it, I think. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. It's it's taking forever to watch because I'm watching it with my sister. So I we have to watch it. I love that. And hate that. I was watching. I was watching Never Have I Ever exactly. on Netflix. That was the other one I wanted to talk about, uh-huh. but I, ref- I refrained. Um, but I was watching the first episode just by myself <laughs> and my husband sat down and he kind of half watched it with me and he's like, oh, I like this show. We should watch that together. And I'm like, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it's never going to happen. Yeah, that's, that can always be frustrating. <laughs> yep. Well, this is the other Aaron. Aaron one. And um, what I'm into right now is the second mm, season oh, of yeah. Dead to Me. Um, it's not, it's not as good as the first season, at least so far, but I still really like it. I think, um, the performances are really good. I, I like the little, little bit of darkness. It's not too dark, but you know, and I like the twists. I think the first season had the best kind of twists Mm -hmm. in there. Um, but I just think it's a really well-written show, um, with two, strong lead performances and some great supporting performances as well. And it's, uh, it can be pretty funny too. So that one's on Netflix as well, if you haven't heard of it before, but I'm sure you have. So yes, <laughs> We're going to jump into talking about streaming platforms um, and their impact on everything. Um, and I know, Aaron, before we jump into this, I know um, if you can refresh my memory, which I should have put this down here, but you um, know a lot about the history of was it Netflix or Hulu? Well, yeah, so, did... I don't know the history, but um, I've been using well, I've been using Hulu. Oh, I since, thought it was that. Sorry. Um, it was in beta testing, and you had to get like an mm-hmm. invite um, in like late 2007 or early 2008. 
uh, and somehow I managed to weasel my way in there on like the beginnings of Hulu. And it was, um, it was really interesting because it was my first streaming service. And um, I actually, the first thing I ever binge watched was um, every single season of Lost um, in like two weeks. <laughs> wow wow so and and in that in that time when it first started in beta testing i'm just curious was how much stuff did they offer like how many networks were they working with or was was it kind of like now or different i want to say it was like a nbc universal thing so it was mostly just nbc tv shows Mm -hmm. um um yeah i think it was just mostly nbc shows and like some movies and stuff some older stuff at the very beginning um i still yeah. remember those monster commercials or the alien commercials for hulu <laughs> i started, i i had that on like oh yeah really, really early. Early. yeah and they had like you could watch the last five episodes of a show yeah that was contracted but that was it and it was really really basic i think i think i might have gotten hulu when it was free because it used to be yeah. free for the for the last five it episodes, and it was like free, $5 right. a month if you wanted to go beyond that. And I was like, Shh, I'm not spending $5 a month <laughs> for an app. That's insane. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I do remember that. I remember, like, a couple people would talk about it and I think I checked it out just to watch a couple of shows, but it was never something that I invested a lot of time in. Or you keep using uh, a different email address you know, for a trial. Oh my you have to remember where you were yes. at the show. <laughs> it's like I, mean, the, I never did that. Yep. <laughs> it's like the free sixty minutes of AOL. You just keep making new email addresses to get yes. another sixty minutes. And, and you have all those discs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. that's life in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and so Hulu came, so Hulu has pretty much, except for the fact that they've expanded now to live TV and to their commercial free platform, they've kind of kept the same pricing. I mean, you can still get the commercial plan for like five ninety nine now. I mean, as far as pricing mm-hmm. goes, which is pretty remarkable that they've kept that. Whereas Netflix, you yeah. know, has raised their prices steadily. Um, but yeah, that's 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 pretty incredible. I think that's one of the plus sides sides of um, Hulu. Of course, I now pay. <laughs> it's for so worth it. <laughs> so I actually have a like, fun, okay. funny little like thing. So I know we're going to talk a little bit about cutting the cord. I cut the cord like, ooh. Six years ago, I think it's been a long it's been a long time, and I used to have Sling, but they yeah. didn't get as many, as many of the channels as I wanted um, for like having that live TV because there is still something really nice about being able to, like scroll through channels to see what's on and what catches your fancy. At least for me, it's like special when you go to a hotel and they have channels, and you're like, look at all this random yeah. stuff I can watch. Seventeen yeah. ESPN channels. What? <laughs> exactly. yeah. So, so we switched from having Sling to getting Hulu Live because Hulu Live had more of the channels that we watched, and it included local channels, which was great. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so we before we switched to Hulu Live, we had the commercial free plan because you're right, it's totally worth it. So we switched over to Hulu Live, 
And then suddenly there was commercials on even when I was streaming things. So I was like, well, that sucks. So I actually contacted Hulu. I'm like, hey, so what's going on? And they're like, well, what happens is even if it's on our Hulu library, if it's on a network that we have, we go with the network thing. And so then you're still going to get commercials for some of the shows that you watch either way. And so I actually switched away from commercial free because I was like, I'm not paying however many more dollars a month for like four shows to not have commercials. And you would think my children were thrown into the stone ages. (laughs) When the first time, I'm not even kidding you, the first time they watched one of their shows on Hulu and it went to commercial, they're like, oh my God, what is this? How do people live like this? <laughs> and, and, I was like, and, my, and my husband and I were both like, well, this is, I was like, it's TV, honey. There's commercials. I'm like, use this time to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Understand where your mom and dad came from in their childhoods. And they were just like, you lived like this? And I was like, oh, honey, we didn't even have a pause button. For it. Oh, <laughs> it was the- it was the funniest yeah. thing. It's what, it was just my little story when you guys are talking about going commercial free with Hulu. So I went back to commercials because it seemed pointless. Well, and let me, I'll give you just, I'll just give a brief little overview since I'm on a timeline thing of how these streaming services started. And then we'll get into like Netflix. I think Netflix is an interesting thing to look at, look at since they have been around since 1997 i mean 1998 is when they launched their website but 1997 is when they were founded yeah when you got the the envelopes and you get those envelopes i think you can still get dvd i thought you you can i I actually found Mm -hmm. disc three of like dark angel or something that i'm that i forgot to return (laughs) oh my god probably 20 some years ago now Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, they, um, so we'll go over, let me first go over Netflix a little bit here because they changed so much before they even changed, before they even helped change the way we viewed entertainment. They, you know, helped in a way ruin the video store. Um, you know, and although Blockbuster really kind of destroyed themselves because if you don't know, Netflix offered itself for acquisition to Blockbuster. Um, in 2000 and Blockbuster turned them down, which I'm sure to this day, the people that turned <laughs> that down are rolling over um, and just and just kicking themselves still. And I little note here, I actually worked for Blockbuster uh, right out of high school and I was a manager there. So. Hollywood video. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, I will say personally, there's a part of me that misses the video store, misses going there. And, you know, it, it, there was kind of a community feel and there was that feel of like if a movie was popular and there weren't any copies and then you'd see someone going to the return slot and you'd be like, oh, please, fingers crossed. Yeah, please, that that be the movie I'm on Friday night for. going to pick one of the new um, releases or anything like that, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So just a little aside there. But that's sort of Netflix kind of helped <laughs> – you know, the decline of um, video stores. And then Redbox came along as competition in 2002. 
Uh, and they're still around, but they, I think, are kind of floundering. But Redbox now has their own online service as well, which they went into. Um, and then um, Blockbuster <laughs> launched their own online thing to compete in 2004, which didn't really do well. Uh, they had unlimited DVD rentals at a flat fee of 19.99 a month, I guess. Um, but actually, the first ones to really introduce the on-demand mm-hmm. service was actually Amazon Video happened in 2006 so and i didn't start doing amazon until a few years ago but um and then netflix launched this their streaming video service in 2007 and then hulu became public in 2008 so that was sort of their competition there um so that's kind of where it all so you had netflix Mm -hmm. hulu and amazon all coming together at once. Um, did you guys all subscribe to the streaming services right away? For I know we already talked about Hulu a little bit, but did you describe? Did you subscribe to all of them right away, or which is your favorite? Or how long did it take you to kind of get into those three? If you are into those three, Netflix, DVD, and the mail plan. Um, gosh, mm-hmm. yeah, probably around two thousand five. We started with that and then kind of transitioned whenever they started streaming and I never would return DVDs and then we'd be stuck with like the same DVD for three months. Um, (laughs) Streaming seemed like a way better plan. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And then, yeah, we've had Amazon Prime for quite a while too, probably around that same time, but I don't remember watching anything on it until maybe like the last, I don't know, five, six years. Um, But we've had Amazon Prime forever. Um, and yeah, yeah, we're such a junkies for streaming services, I guess. Um, we we got rid of our cable too, um, probably around the same time, probably six years ago or so. Um, so at that point, we mm-hmm. kind of just started signing up for different services that offer different stuff that we want. Um, yeah, it's been really kind of interesting how people have piecemealed um, their own entertainment plat- platform. It's been. Mm-hmm really surprising mm-hmm. um, so I my family like my dad was always kind of like a techie guy or whatever so like when TiVo first came out we had TiVo um, I'm so jealous I wanted TiVo oh, so bad the boop, the boop boop I still call <laughs> I still anytime I I have Roku's now but anytime I fast forward anything I'm like boop 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 it's like TiVo is ingrained in my brain <laughs> Um, so we had TiVo when Netflix started coming out, we had Netflix. Um, I remember jokingly getting mad at Redbox because when I was in college, I, I was always really kind of a movie freak when I was growing up. Like I loved movies. I had hundreds and hundreds of DVDs. Um, I still have them. I, they just are useless now because of streaming, (laughs) but I have them. Um, and I would, I would jokingly get mad at Redbox. Uh, because when I was in college, I would rent out my DVDs for a dollar a night to girls in my dorm. That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> I lost oh, a lot wow. of DVDs that way, though. Um, but anyway, so I I was pretty quick on a lot of the bandwagon. I mean, I didn't really use Amazon Prime to watch mm-hmm. anything for a pretty long time. Just because I was like, well, it's Amazon Prime. I'm mostly getting that for the shipping. Mm-hmm. Um, and there wasn't, they were pretty slow on the uptake as far as like original content and things like that would go. And, and even acquiring older titles 
to buy. And so many of what they had, I already could get through Netflix. So I didn't really use them that much because then, and even still, they're like not as user-friendly, not as kind of easy to, to find things to watch as Netflix. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think I have had all three of the OGs pretty much since they were available because I am a couch potato. <laughs> yeah, and I, well, I got Netflix for the DVDs in, I believe it was like 2000, 2001, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a movie geek. So I was just <laughs> like, this is the most awesome thing in the world. And especially the fact that you didn't have a time limit on how long you kept stuff for, um, you know, that was really nice. Um, and then as far as streaming though, I actually didn't start using their streaming service until probably 2013. I was kind of late there. Um, and I got Netflix and Hulu and then Amazon prime when they were doing their year, you paid for a year instead of monthly. (laughs) I was like, forget that. I'm not paying a hundred dollars. Forget it. Forget it. And then once they did monthly, I went, okay, yeah, I'll do that. Especially, like you said, for the shipping. Uh, that was a big, big plus there. And I do agree. I think they have one of the it's most complicated so platforms clunky. as far and as like trying, not to, even find trying to find there. it, but trying to actually go it through. It really is. Like, especially if you're not watching. I know a lot of people watch on laptops and computers mm-hmm. and stuff now. Not as many younger people are watching on actual TVs. But when you're using it on the TV and going with the remote, the, mm-hmm. you just... Trying to be like, okay, oh, yeah. well, so <laughs> why aren't, like, I watched season five, episode 13 of this show. Why, when I click on it, I'm suddenly back at season one. Now I have to go and, like, it's, it's such a first world problem, though. <laughs> I'm talking about it. I'm like, Geez, it is, Megan. but yeah, Remember they're, commercials? They're... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I will say, you know, out of the three OGs, out of Hulu, Netflix, and Amazon, I would say Netflix has the most user-friendly platform. Um, I think they're very easy to find stuff. Um, Usually, their algorithms work where they recommend stuff that probably does fit into what you want to watch. And I'll get into a little bit more of this when we get into how it's changed binging and discovering shows, uh, because that's, you know what kind of led me to a lot of my favorite shows um, is through that, through binge watching and through streaming it on there. So that, and I think Netflix is really good at helping you discover those shows more so than the other two. Hulu is probably second, but they still are a little bit cumbersome. Um, You know, when it comes to trying to find things, at least I think so. Um, But yeah, so you had those three and I cut the cord in 2003. 13 late 2013 is when I cut the cord um and you know when I did it it was very much like you're like oh my god really am I really going to be able to survive without having which sounds so horrible without having regular like cable tv and then you realize cable tv was crap so we're going to cut to the cutting the cord because really cable 
even when you look at it now, like you guys were talking about when you're in a hotel and you're like, look at all these shelves. there's nothing on. I was just in Atlanta a few months ago before, you know, before everything happened. And when we first got there, we were exhausted. So after we ate, we kind of went back to the hotel room. See, I we're actually like, just started bringing a Roku with me to plug my Roku into the hotel. That is genius. Yeah. Because that's a good idea. Uh, I mean, I completely, I completely agree with you with, with they're just still, but it's still, I don't know. I don't know if it's like just a therapy thing with clicking, but I actually now remember exactly why I cut the cord. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I was reluctant to for a really long time uh, because, and this is, this is going to be so on brand for me, Aaron, um, because I wanted to watch Outlander <laughs> and at the time stars did not have any way to watch stars content without being um with a cable provider and i'm not even kidding the second like the day they said stars you can you can now purchase stars through amazon prime and stream that way i was like i jumped ship I was like, I was like, I, and my husband was so, he's like, <laughs> like you were in, I'm so glad we're not paying $200 a month for cable for one show. <laughs> that's so funny yeah. because that's, I got stars exactly for that too, through Amazon as soon as it was available mm-hmm. because I don't watch it. We didn't have cable and I felt like I was like being left out. Well, that's great because now like you can, you can sign up for it for the time that the show that you want to watch is on and then you could just stop. Right. I mean, if you remember to stop or you have five different mm-hmm. channels in Amazon that you don't need. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, or you just sign mm-hmm. up for it various different ways. Right. Like you, can those, those Hulu, you can do it through Hulu. You can do it through Amazon. You can do it through their solo <laughs> app. That's like I've done that so many times with HBO. Now. I, I subscribe to HBO now anyway, but I, I did. I did that at first. I did like the free yeah. I think I've exhausted Amazon, all of my trials. I'm stuck with my stars app on the Roku now because I've, I've circled around. And yep. I'm just like it's done. I'm just getting it on Roku now. I'm just accepting it now. So, but you can always make a new email address. Come on, man. yeah. Okay, well, back to cutting. So we all have cut the cord, yeah. then, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, so basically, you know, most people I know have cut the cord. I know a couple of people that still have cable. One of them, you know, I know got it because it was a deal through their internet. Yeah. And I noticed that they will keep trying to do that. You know, if you are like, if you switch or anything like that, they'll like that happened to me a few years ago, I switched internet providers and they offered this package that was mm-hmm. basically too good to pass up kind of thing. So I went back to cable for a short, brief amount of time. And then when that deal was up, I was like, forget it. I'm not because the price yeah. just shot up. Well, and we, we just switched to a new so internet provider that. and they're like, hey, um, for $20 a month, you can get like 190 channels and a DVR and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, God, I'm paying for so many streaming services now. <laughs> Is this? And then I had to be like, no, don't fall for it. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 crazy. Yeah, and we're gonna get to that about the rising cost of just streaming now. <laughs> because the the plus side of cutting the cord was that it was so much cheaper to just have Hulu, Netflix, and then when Amazon Prime, especially when they went to monthly, it was just so much cheaper to have those three because you could get pretty much anything you wanted. 
And as far as watching local stations, like if you needed to yeah, watch them, um, usually an antenna will work okay. You know, that's what I do. Uh, you don't always get the channels in the best, but a lot of those shows will be mm-hmm. available the next day. Um, of course, uh, CBS did something a little bit CBS. different where they went to CBS All Access to make money. CBS. <laughs> so, I don't yeah. watch any CBS shows nope. now. Nope. Because of how shitty they have been about um, with CBS All Access and everything. Yeah, that's oh, exactly I, how I feel too. I'm glad I'm not alone with that. Thanks. <laughs> no, I'm yeah, like she said, CBS CBS All Access, and I almost <laughs> physically <laughs> reacted. <laughs> yeah, it's they became the first one I think that was very selfish and greedy. Um, I think the CW can be a little bit that way too <laughs> with their shows. Um, you can access them a lot easier, but you know, mm-hmm. they used to have their shows be available on Hulu the next day and then they cut ties with Hulu. Uh, but the one plus is that their deal with Netflix, you usually, I believe it's the it's very next day after well, the finale. And I don't mind the, the CW app season. besides it's the eight days. commercials. Okay. Um, cause we, you can watch everything <laughs> next day on the CW app. But if you want the stupid, <laughs> stupid commercials, then that you can't opt out of, I would pay to not have commercials. Well, Hear me, CW. I will pay you. I, honestly, <laughs> I feel like a lot of the rise of streaming services versus cable has been really on the studios and networks. Because when is the last time, other than like Game of Thrones, which is not a network or um, even basic cable show. When is the last time we've had like appointment TV? Lost? The X Files? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Those are things where people were like, yeah, nope, I gotta sit down. I gotta watch it live because the next day I'm gonna go to work and everyone's gonna be talking about it. Now, and, and I think a lot of that is because there isn't yeah. a, at yeah. the time. Now there's like a plethora of amazing content and no one can watch it all. But as far as like network mm-hmm. TV goes, there's not really a lot of stuff that you can't be like by appointment wa- or you have to buy appointment watch. Everything is like, is uh, like, all right, well, when I get a chance, I'm going to watch it. I can't think, I think Supernatural might be the one show. And even that's not really the case anymore where I'm like, okay, this is when it airs. I'm going to sit down and I'm mm-hmm. going to watch it. Um, regardless of what's going on in my life. <laughs> and I think that's one of the things that really kind of freed so many people to watch so many different shows is that we can find it and watch it when it's convenient in your own schedule and not be like, okay, 8.30, time to get, you know, time to get on TV. Which leads me to the big thing that streaming really did, uh, which is binge watching. You know, it, it totally changed the way we watch shows because with a lot of series hulu doesn't do this so much and i think netflix has done this with a couple of shows Mm -hmm. where they've released just one or two episodes or something like that um but usually you'll release like a whole season like you know with stranger things one of the big netflix shows or other other things and so and even i'm talking even before original content when they would just release a series on their platform and then you just would binge watch Mm -hmm. it. That's how I discovered Supernatural. Uh, You know, because I had known of Supernatural, but I just always thought it was some (laughs) stupid show. And I'm like, I'm never, I'm never going to watch this. 
and Netflix kept recommending it to me. And, and the then one day I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. fine, I'll watch it. Um, and then I got, yeah. And then I got hooked. Um, and this podcast honestly would not exist probably without that show. So that show and probably the Mindy Project too. But but anyway, but but yeah, so it changed the way we view things. And I think it's really difficult now, I've found, when there's a new show on network television and it's available, you know, the next day on Hulu or something – and you watch it on there, and then you're like, "Oh my you god, I've got to wait a whole week for the next episode <laughs> instead of being able, <laughs> instead of being able to dive right in." So on the one hand, it's like so frustrating because you're like, "I want to watch the whole thing at once," but then I think the downside to it is is that we end up watching the whole thing so quickly that by the time the mm-hmm. second season rolls around a year later or something. We may have forgotten about what happened before, or we digest it too quickly that we don't have time to really, I don't know, savor it, I guess might be the right word for at least for original programming. Um, but I mean, I love binging, but I think that might be the little, a little yeah, bit of the I downside. Yeah, I agree. That is a problem. Uh, what do you then think, you, you know, nine months later, whenever the new season comes on, you got to go and like watch the last five episodes of the other season to even remember what's happening. Um, that's, I mean... Mm-hmm. That's how I got into Wine on Earp too. Is I watched the first two seasons on Netflix, and then was like dying for a new season. Um, and then I'm actually just starting my fourth time watching it through on Netflix because there's no new episodes forever and ever, and I just have to watch it. And I'm just so glad it's there to just play in the background. It's comforting, but yeah, I think that's probably the the biggest problem is just being totally consumed by one show for like a week. And then it's like, Oh, it's over. I need a break. And then you just get consumed by another show and it's just a cycle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I am pretty involved in the supernatural fandom. And it's actually one of those things that um, a lot of the people who started watching supernatural from the very beginning, like my dad actually Mm -hmm. started supernatural when it started and he does a week by week and he's also someone who is not someone who enjoys binging very much some shows he's fine with watching over like the same a bunch of episodes all in a row but there are other shows and supernatural is actually one of them and a few others where he's like no i'm gonna watch an episode and i'm gonna sit and i'm gonna stew in what happened and i think about like he likes to really kind of not so much like just take it all in as fast as possible with like with binge watching and it's actually he savers um and i think that's something that's been really lost for a lot of people and i think especially if you're going and looking at older shows that were not filmed and written to be watched really quickly like buffy vampire slayer and things like that those are kind of meant to be yeah, taken in certain bites. I think that's why The Handmaid's Tale is still a week to week show because, frankly, The Handmaid's Tale is just too intense. I think to <laughs> sit and watch relentlessly for fourteen hours. Um, but it's been interesting to see the shift when you look, mm-hmm. especially when you look at older shows that weren't written to be binged, and which ones do really well with binging, like Battlestar Galactica is a great show to binge, but it's also a show you have to really focus and pay attention to because there's so much going on. And then you have, like I said, Buffy the Vampire Slayer or some other shows that you really kind of want to sit and, and think about. And now that I think about it, 
no, I want to think about BSG too. Discuss it with other people. Talk about like yeah. what do you want to happen next week, and otherwise you yeah. just hit play next, and there's there's none of that like anticipation oh. and hope and of what's so- going to happen. And it's so interesting to see not just like how shows are now written to be consumed in in a binging manner, like a lot of we talk about original content streaming services, they're written to be mm-hmm. just watched in one foul swoop. And it's what's also really frustrating is like spoiler culture now. It's like you can't talk about a show with exactly. anybody yeah, I was gonna until you've that. watched all of it. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's been interesting mm-hmm. to see how much it's changed viewing habits. And and I, I teased you, Aaron, about having to wait till a week. My kids are the same thing. They have never had, never in their <laughs> memories, have they had an, a situation where they couldn't just sit and watch every episode of a season <laughs> right away. Like they cannot fathom, with even with Supernatural, because it's still airing weekly, obviously. They're like, wait, you have to wait another week? And I'm like, yeah, that's how TV works. But it doesn't. It's now not. we have to wait another six months. Why Supernatural? <laughs> Why COVID? Oh, well. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it. Yeah, it's interesting because when you when you binge a show, like for instance, Supernatural, that that kind of made me think of think of this is when you binge a show mm-hmm. and. All the seasons haven't come out yet, so it's not over yet. And then you catch <laughs> a up, slow and way. Then you have to start watching it the quote unquote regular way. Yeah, it's very different because you know when I binge Supernatural, excuse me, the first episode that I watched live was in season ten, so that was a lot of seasons binging. And where I would see you know the finale, and then I knew right away I'd be able to know what was going to happen you know as soon as I wanted to so it wasn't that matter of waiting for the whole hiatus or the mini hiatuses within the season and so then when you switch over it's it sometimes it can be hard to get used to even though I grew up having to wait you know a whole week sometimes a few weeks and and it's so interesting how different of a viewing experience you have as someone who is late to especially with the show like Supernatural like Imagining watching it and like seeing Sam die the first time in and not knowing mm-hmm. <laughs> whether or not he was going to come back. You know what I mean? So I think like so much of that suspense, yeah. and that tension that you get watching a show live for the first time week by week is really kind of lost when you watch it. Um in a binge fashion. And I, and that's just mostly, like I said, of, of older shows. Like I started watching lost and my husband made me stop. <laughs> he was just like, no, we're not doing this. <laughs> this is a, this is a hill too high for me. To climb. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's interesting. Cause I, when I watched supernatural, like I had no doubt in my mind, like, okay, well they're dying. They're going to be back because there's, there's 10 more seasons of the show. Um, so yeah. just kind of a shift in how you mm-hmm. watched it, if you watched it live versus whether you watch it kind of catching up in that way is, is kind of a really interesting dynamic to see. It's supernatural. Another little uh-huh. thing with that one is that was a show that was on the bubble for so many years. And so when you're streaming it like that, you don't have that also that fear of, 
oh my god what if we never find out what yeah, there was a lot of cliffhangers there we were all supernatural is such okay. an interest is, is a great i think See, example of kind of what we're talking about with streaming services versus cable and things like that and also because you think about it all a whole new generation of people are watching supernatural mm-hmm. um that are my kid my oldest daughter's age she's 11 she's not watching it yeah. yet because she's scared of scooby-doo and i figure we're gonna wait <laughs> <laughs> But but to <laughs> see how Netflix has introduced Supernatural or The Office or Friends mm-hmm. um, to this whole other generation of people has been really, I think, really cool. And I think Supernatural, because it's been on for so long and it's still showing live, mm-hmm. is kind of a really good, it's a really good example, I think, of the cross section, I guess, that we're, we're in TV one like one of the most popular shows during this whole <laughs> pandemic that's been streaming is the golden girls on Hulu. I mean that, so it's just so interesting because you have shows like that, that can find a whole new audience. You have like, like the other day I discovered family ties was streaming on Amazon prime. I don't know if it still is. This was a while ago, but, and I was so excited because that was my show as a kid. I just loved that. And Michael J. Fox was my first He didn't have celebrity a crush on crush. Michael J. Fox. So Come on. being oh, able to revisit that was so... <laughs> that was so... I mean, watching like the episode where he does this whole dance routine because of his girlfriends and dance still cracks me up to this day. And it was just so mm-hmm. fun to remember to go back kind of down memory lane. So that, I think, is such a blessing with this because... You know, you can buy stuff on DVD, you could, or you could buy a lot of those things on that. But there's something with this, I don't know, that there's a different avenue that people can find shows that they may not have found. And the other big thing that it does, um, and we'll just segue into this, is some of streaming service, some streaming services have saved shows. Like we talked about that or worse. our Mindy Project episode <laughs> and our Lucifer episode and our You episode. Yeah, for better or worse. Yeah, with the Mindy Project, it wasn't for better, <laughs> as we talked about. But, you know, that's that's another big bonus with streaming services is that they have saved some shows that have been canceled and they brought them back to life. Um, and, you know, because as you will notice, uh, a couple of them are worked. from Fox because Fox is notorious for canceling their shows. <laughs> yeah. But if you guys want to talk about, has this had an impact on any of the shows that you've the watched? The first thing that I think it was, yeah, Lucifer, anything, because um, um, that was like a serious celebration in our house whenever we realized Lucifer was going to be on Netflix. All is right <laughs> in the world. Um, yeah, and you know, mm-hmm. I know you guys talked about Mindy Project already, but yeah, that's mixed feelings. Um, <laughs> it's complicated. Um <laughs> That's my relationship. Yeah. 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 No, I, I love it. And I think it's like really heartbreaking whenever um, a show you love does go off the air. And then there's always like the campaign on the internet of please Netflix, somebody take this show. And then, you know, you kind of a little bit want to get your hopes up Mm -hmm. and it doesn't happen. And then, you know, so I try not to have too much expectations and it's just like a great whenever a show you love does get to continue in another format yeah yeah it's a great yeah it also shows the power of fandom too that fandom is rallying behind that and these streaming services are listening to that because mm-hmm. you know they know in the in 
the social media day and age, I think a lot of them realize yeah, I think that's absolutely that, how that got picked voice up. is very powerful. Yeah. And I think you so know. much of it too is that's like with water. Netflix more so than Hulu is they're not depending on ad dollars like network mm-hmm. shows are um, to keep shows going. They have plenty yeah. of Netflix has tons of money just from membership dues. So it gives them a lot more freedom to, sh- to create or, um, air i guess it is creating with original programming kind of these niche shows that may not have a huge audience but have a really passionate audience and also have the ability to kind of grow an audience over time um because people are discovering new shows all the time and i think it's one of the i think we're in a real golden age of television right now because there's so much fantastic content like for any for any kind of mood that you're in yeah um and yeah saving shows is kind of a blessing and a curse we like Mm -hmm. we talked about the mindy project and that was kind of a disaster um but i just i also remember like i've seen i have so many like one season shows that has so much potential and just couldn't find an audience on a network tv show um selfie which had the worst name ever. With, oh, it uh, was so cute. Yes, it was. It was just it. It finally started to like grow into itself, right. um, and then it got canceled, and it made me so sad. And it was like, God, how could this not get, get picked up by Hulu and Netflix? Because it feels like it's really kind of in their wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, but and pitch was another. Mm-hmm. Well. Fun story. There are a little rumble. Oh yeah, pitch. The first season is finally on Hulu. Like you can finally stream it somewhere, and so now there's rumblings about a possible second season at Hulu. I'm like, please, please give me my my baseball. (laughs) That would be so. So I think it's been really interesting, and I think most shows that I've kind of seen (laughs) switch over have actually improved in quality. Mini Project, notwithstanding. but I don't think that was so much a Hulu issue as it was a writer's room not knowing how to figure out their story issue. <laughs> yeah, I think that was that was the big thing for that one. And yeah, thinking about the shows, Aww. thinking back, like oh, my so-called yeah. life popped into my head. If my so-called life had been around, Firefly. if streaming had been around, I think oh, that would have been never, up. I will never like, not be angry about Firefly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lots of... There are so many that if they if services were around, then I think they would have picked them up. And I think it would have changed a lot of things and the tra- trajectory of a lot of different shows and careers and stuff. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating. And another fascinating thing is you also look yeah. at um, a show like one day at a time, the, the remake of it ah. that was on Netflix and then ah. Netflix canceling yep. it. And then an, who was it who picked it up? Pop? That's just an interesting kind of reversal one <laughs> where it's like a streaming yeah. show being saved <laughs> by um, a network television <laughs> station. Um, and of course there have been instances where like with Brooklyn nine, nine being well, and picked up. Think, by I don't think NBC that stuff would have happened. Really so much. I don't one. think it would have happened so at all are... without kind of streaming services, scooping up potential shows. Like it has a built in audience and fandom um and taking that opportunity i think it's really emboldened and i think finally networks are starting to realize hey niche is okay we're never going to hit those x files numbers 
for live viewership ever again. Like it's, we're not going to have 30 million people tuning in every week to watch a show. So I think it's been really good for streaming services to give networks a little bit of that competition, even that little bit of a nudge to give more niche um, and quirky shows like Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, <laughs> just a little plug there, um, a chance to really grow. Like if Pushing Daisies came out right now, I think it would have <laughs> really, really found a, a great audience on the streaming service. Yeah, I think that's right. The like the quirky shows that might not have been mm-hmm. great on TV, um, mm-hmm. people can binge them and then really get into the like the live season. I think of like The Good Place. Um, yeah. When I started watching that in season one, and like I would mm-hmm. tell everybody about this amazing show, and they're like, "What are you talking about, crazy person? Like that sounds insane." And <laughs> then after about like the what third season or so, just everyone's <laughs> obsessed with the good place, and they're at San Diego Comic Con and stuff. And it's like, I told you, no one listened to me, but I think it's because they were on the streaming services, and people could just hit, "Yeah, play next" on the recommendations. Yeah. Well, and the same the same thing kind of happened with Shit's Creek. Like mm-hmm. it was a little mm-hmm. quiet show, and then it came onto Netflix, and suddenly it just blew yeah. up, which is fantastic. I love that smaller shows are getting such a mm-hmm. wide exposure uh, through streaming services. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you get this whole fandom around them, and you know shows like you which was not very popular on Lifetime. It never mirrored a Lifetime you know, viewers, and they did not up on that like show. what they saw. Um, but it... <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and that one became huge. but um, And so now it's considered an, you know, the, a Netflix mm-hmm. original. And, and I would have never probably watched the show if it hadn't been picked up by Netflix anyway. And the same thing happened with Lucifer, because I had started it and then stopped and then I didn't come back to it until uh, Netflix picked it up. I, I mentioned briefly that I was going to talk, mm-hmm. I was going to watch Beforeners and I still haven't had a chance to sit down and watch a show with subtitles, but that's like a Nordic show <laughs> that it takes place in Oh God, Oslo. I can't remember, but it's interesting. And I'm seeing a lot of Korean shows kind of creep up and, and show up originals and now we're seeing with everything that's going on with COVID mm-hmm. um, network TV or networks are going and kind of plucking TV programs from like Canada and 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 the UK and other places to fill out when we may not be able to be filming because of the pandemic so it's really kind of interesting and it's really cool to see yeah. Um, I hate dubbing. I would rather watch with subtitles. <laughs> See, I'm the opposite. I, I don't mind it. Um, well, me too. I, I, I just, I, I took ASL in high school, so I, I got really, and I was, I became fluent eventually, but I became really used to reading subtitles while I was watching a show, so I like them. Um, but it's been really cool to see all of these shows that I would never have even known existed um, kind of come to American audiences, you know, other than Bollywood. Bollywood's been around forever. Yeah, um, Netflix is really great with um, so many yeah. foreign shows. And I do like that Netflix dubs them. Um, 
I don't, I, like I, don't look, I don't look at the lips. It drives my husband crazy whenever, like, if we're watching something and it gets off, you know how it gets off, like, half a second on the streaming and then the lips don't match. He has to stop and restart everything because it makes him crazy if the lips don't match. But it doesn't, it doesn't bother yeah. me. And Netflix has really great voice actors for most of their shows. So um, I, I love it. The only dub show I think I and I don't even watch it. It's just I'm in the room when my daughter watches it. Is My Hero Academia because I was like, well, it's anime. It's all <laughs> <laughs> like it's fine. It, never, it never matches anyway, so <laughs> it doesn't match what they originally are saying. So it's fine if it's. <laughs> well, let's get into. Um, we've already talked a little bit about original programming, but let's get into some of the original shows and. As I'm sure listeners have noticed, a lot of times when we're talking about what we're excited about, a lot of times it'll be an original program for one of these streaming services. Um, and I know you kind of briefly touched on it, Meg, but I just want to say, you know, I remember in the early 2000s when cable shows became this big thing. Like and that was considered like the golden age of television because shows were taking risks. Fantastic Sopranos, time. Six Feet Under... And then you have like shows like the show we're going to be talking about in a couple of weeks, like Queer as Folk and stuff like that. Shows that really pushed the envelope. And so it made um, other stations take note and, you know, keep, people kept pushing it and pushing it. And so then it became where television wasn't like frowned upon like it like it used to be, you know, mm-hmm. as far as like with actors, too, they would frown upon people being in television, that kind of thing. But television became the place to go. And I think now we're in a different golden age of television, which is brought on by streaming. And so I think there's so many great things out there. Um, it can be a little bit crowded and clogged. I think at times there could be a little bit too much out there and not all of it's great, but let's just talk a little bit about original programming and maybe just mention some of your, f- just a few of your favorites. <laughs> They're so funny. Um, I think I think I would mostly watch, I think I mostly watched the Netflix original shows. I don't know why those are just seem, I don't know, more appeal, appealing to me, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Gosh, just trying to think of some that we watched recently. Um, man, obviously all the Marvel ones that I'm very sad are not coming back, but um, you know, there's, uh, there's speaking of foreign language ones, there's this one, I think it's Swedish maybe called the rain. Um, that was really good. Um, oh my God, I'm trying to go through my list. Glow, glow is oh so good. Um, I can God, come. I don't yeah, know, oh, glow. I'm totally yes. drawing a blank. I'm terrible. I, I can come back to you. It's okay. I can come no, back it's, to you. It's a, it's a big question. There's a lot of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> Meg, okay, what, what top are some five of, of all time. Because some of them I, I had to like step back. So, <laughs> Handmaid's Tale is one. Um, I've had to step back uh, because of current events. Um, it it became a bit too plausible. <laughs> <laughs> so that was one that I absolutely adored. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh Lord. I let me give me one second. I just. Okay, so it's okay. It's okay. I have I, yeah, I really like a lot of the guys, Netflix so. documentaries and true crime <laughs> things. Um, so I really enjoy all of those. Um, Nailed it mm-hmm. is probably my family. <laughs> as far as my family is concerned, that's like 
Yes. Cha-ching. Um, that has been a really huge, yeah. huge fun show for everybody. Um, another one we really like on Hulu is probably, oh my God, what the hell? Um, it's the one with the prostitutes. Harlot. 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 Oh, um, that takes place in, um, um, yeah. Uh, yes, but that was a yes. big, Orange, mm-hmm. Orange is the New Black yeah. was a huge one. Um, <laughs> I kind of really stepped back from that. Um, Gilmore Girls was kind of in the same vein as Mindy Project, where I really, really wanted it, and then it just kind of like I wanted it to fix what was going wrong in season seven of Gilmore Girls, and then it just continued along the path of season seven of Gilmore Girls, which was really disappointing. Um, Anne with an E Mm -hmm. is a favorite, the adaptation for Anne of Green Gables. Mm You should. It's so sweet. Uh, yeah, Man in the High one. Castle. I watch that one. Um, was another one. I. It was really interesting to see kind of an alternate history. I. I like those kind of sci-fi, um, alternate history things, and seeing Man in the High Castle with what if the Nazis had won the war and how that would have changed our reality, um, was really cool and really horrifying. Um, and again, I had to stop watching it <laughs> for reasons. Um, but no, there's, yeah. I feel like I'm missing so many because there's a lot of original um, content that I just absolutely, well, that's... completely love. And yeah. Upload, I mentioned, I'm really digging Upload. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'd throw it in the favorites, but I, it's a really fun <laughs> It's a really fun show. So, and I started watching Defending <laughs> Jacob on Apple TV with Chris Evans. That's real good. It it just kind of depends yeah, on I my mood as far one. as my favorites go. Sorry, I'll I'll shut up now. And let other I'll let other Erin compile her list. <laughs> um, I think okay. So yeah, I'm pretty okay. much like exclusively like weird sci-fi stuff. So don't judge me, but um, I think like. Love it. Just on Netflix, like Umbrella Academy. Um, oh, never. The Santa Clarita Diet, I think, is just hilarious. Oh, it's fantastic. I watch that. I love it. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Why? Um, that, that was such a the bummer that they canceled that. It's amazing. I can't wait to watch the special that yeah. just came out. Um, <laughs> um, movies like Unicorn Store on Netflix. I, I know we'll get into movies but i just think that was just the cutest thing ever um and sabrina on netflix just blows my mind um i love that show um i think on amazon there's really good programming too um i think the tick is a household favorite here (laughs) um the marvelous mrs Maisel is um one of my oh my favorites. god, I forgot about that. I love that show I know, so much. It's so good. Um, I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> now I want to rewatch everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Stranger Things, of course. I have issues. Some issues. <laughs> I have some issues with what they did with the character of Jim Hopper in the last season. But what I, but you know, I just love that show and we'll get into it when we do our stranger things episode. Um, the, what they did with the character mm-hmm. of Steve <laughs> Harrison is, um, 
uh, one of the most amazing things I've ever seen on a show. Honestly, what they did with that character, I went from despising that character to him being my favorite character on the show. So it's so that show is one of mine. Um, you mentioned Glow. Glow is another one. Yeah, I loved yeah. Orange is the New Orange is the New Black for the first couple of seasons, and then I ended up hating it. <laughs> um, and then I really loved this show, The Boys. Yeah. Speaking of Eric Kripke on uh, Amazon. I really love that show. I think that show is great. Uh, that's a really, really good one. Uh, I like Uploaded, too. I think that's really good. And then, of course, you know, we've already mentioned, I, I mentioned it in the beginning, Dead to Me, because I think that is a really, really good show. I, at least the first season was amazing. Um, another one that I want to mention that was one that wasn't originally a Netflix show, but Netflix mm. saved it, yeah. and it became that's a Netflix true. original for the last season, was The Killing. Yeah. Um, which I think that show is very depressing, but very good. And I still think it has one of the best series finales ever. I think it's basically perfect. So, yeah. The other thing we'll go into here is that Netflix and Amazon and Hulu, too, to an extent, except for Hulu hasn't really done the theatrical thing that I can think of or trying to push for awards love during Oscar season. But the other big thing they've done is original films. Um, and I will say, you know, I have issues with Amazon as far as the person who is behind the scenes of Amazon. Um, but I will say they give a lot of chances to smaller movies and I really, really appreciate it. Um, like this past year, uh, movies like Honey Boy, which is, if you haven't seen it, go watch it on Amazon. It will change the way you view Shia LaBeouf forever. That's what happened to me. Um, and then there's Brittany runs a marathon from last year, which is a really good, small little independent movie. Um, and tons of other ones like one child nation, all these little, littler movies, um, that kind of find a home there. And then you also get the opportunity to see them quicker on Mm -hmm. streaming. And then of course, Netflix has really pushed that and really tried to push for Oscars, uh, Oscar attention, um, and of course, some of the Amazon ones as well, but really Netflix has been the one that's kind of shaken things up there. So I just want to go around and if, if you want to mention your favorites, you can, but sort of your thoughts on the original films that are released by <laughs> well, these streaming yeah, services. I think, I think Netflix tries really Start hard. I think some of them <laughs> if you're are ready. <laughs> not excellent. Um, I think of um, Bright with Will Smith. It's like, what is this movie? I didn't get it. Um, yeah, we just watched. Um, oh, what's the one that just mm-hmm. came out with Mark Wahlberg? Um, things exploding for an hour. And... Oh, Ex- I extraction I extraction was the yeah oh. <laughs> yeah 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 that, that one too. We did watch that one too. Um, so I think they're trying <laughs> really really hard with, yeah. with getting big name people, but it's like I don't know the movies I don't love. Um, I'm trying to think of one that Adam Sandler's got a lot of movies. Uh, Reese Witherspoon's gonna have a couple of romance. Yeah, he has a deal with Netflix. I think right now, with you know what everything's that's going on, everything that's going on right now, you know, like Netflix picked up. Um, what was what's that movie that's coming out with? Oh my gosh. Um, 
Sorry, my brain just totally um, Issa Rae and um, oh, what's his name? It's it's the romantic comedy that's coming out. It was supposed to be released in the theaters back in May, I, th- I think this month or in April, and they ended up picking it up, and it's going to come out this month. Um, and I cannot remember that. I'm going to have to look it up here. But that's the big thing that's happening right now mm-hmm. is that you can look at films that maybe they should try and just release them on Netflix, especially the smaller movies. No, uh, because actually, that's one of the things with that everything going on, it's going to be those are just going to be lost. In the was shuffle. really impressed with in a lot of ways. Um, I think we had talked in one of these episodes right when this pandemic and everything was kind of upheaval, and I just found out that Emma was going to be released to rent on Amazon and I got so excited. I was like, yeah, I'll pay 20 bucks to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was going to pay that much at the theater anyway, but it's been interesting to see how quickly um, studios have adapted to doing an at-home digital release. If you look at Disney Plus, like we haven't even touched on Disney Plus, Apple TV, Facebook mm-hmm. Watch. Like I don't even think people realize that Facebook has like original content for television yeah. shows and some of them are actually pretty good um but have and and having these movies i think mulan is one of the movies that's going to be probably going to be a release straight to digital um hamilton's movie is moved up a year and coming out in july um on disney plus it's been it's been interesting to see that that change and yeah. i've liked it a lot a lot in a lot of ways. Um, I feel like a lot of it is mostly because I don't have to... Most movies, I don't feel like I have to be in a movie theater to see and appreciate. Uh, I don't really need the movie theater experience for a lot of shows, except if it's like, I guess, Avengers or like a big action or like a big movie. So it's been interesting to see kind of how it's a, it's changed in the past even just the past two months i just lost my way there and got into the weeds a little bit sorry oh but i but i miss the experience of being in a theater i miss the experience of smelling popcorn i don't even like popcorn that much but i miss just smelling popcorn you know i i was driving around the other day and saw you know the empty parking lots at theaters and i know it's a small little thing in the grand scheme of things but it made right. me sad because well, and- I really am worried about the future of film uh, because of this. And I think, I think, you know, a lot of these streaming services and stuff that they will probably save a lot of the industry, especially the smaller films. Well, and that's, I have a little bit, frankly, what I not, worry about not so much an big opposite films view, but a little bit more of an optimistic um, view, I suppose. But it's still worrying um, Because me. rather I've been, it's true. I've seen, obviously the movie theaters in my area have been closing and everything like that. But what I have been seeing take their place a little bit is the resurgence of drive-in theater mm-hmm. and those were such a huge part of my yeah, childhood that's, yeah i would love like that. <laughs> I, every weekend i went to the drive-in theater with my parents and you know we'd watch the kids movie at the beginning and my sister and i would fall asleep and my parents would watch the adult film and even well and through high school i would go to the drive-in theater almost every weekend and now with what's everything is going on, drive-in movie theaters, at least where I am, are really kind of picking up in popularity. Our like city baseball team, which aren't won't be playing um, 
this season, they're changing their field, turning their field into a drive-in movie theater. And it makes it, I think, more accessible to a lot of people to go see movies because it's easier to swallow, especially right now, to swallow like paying $10 to see two movies, especially if you can bring in your own food and snacks versus $15 per person to see one movie in the theater. I think it's been... It's been nice to see something that makes me feel so nostalgic, kind of have a little bit of a, a resurgence. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I like that fact. Oh, yeah. I do. It's, I just do worry a little bit about that, you know, and, and what was so great with what was going on with mm-hmm. like AMC and other theaters were starting to do it is they would do, you know, the monthly plan where you would pay just one flat rate yeah. and you'd get to see, you know, with AMC, it was, you'd get to see like three <laughs> movies a week. And it was just so amazing because it paid for itself with one movie so in a month, you know? So it was like, it was just this incredible experience, but, but yeah, but, but they do release some great films, you know, they do release some great original content. Even Hulu releases some stuff that's, that's good. Um, and they'll, Hulu will put out a lot of documentaries, you know, that are really good. You'll be able to watch them on there. Like I know there was, um, minding the gap from a couple of years ago is a really good documentary that you could watch on Hulu. Hulu also no, I'm has a their into the Oh, uh, you know series, what? I think I, I did watch a couple of those. Watch yes. those movies. Um, they're, yeah, not. Um, yeah, I've only seen a few of them, but they're interesting. They always center around a particular holiday, you know, Valentine's Day. Thing. Their last, their Thanksgiving one this past year, Pilgrim, was really good. Um, they've done some really, really interesting ones, like Midnight Kiss, which it was good to see a horror film that was um, it was it was a gay centered horror film. So, it was, which is kind of rare to see. Um, so that was, that was a really good one, but yeah, so I, I mean, I like it overall and the Issa Rae movie, uh, just oh, I was, I was, I was looking up that up and totally off topic, the, love just, the movie I'm in releases on Netflix tomorrow. Yes. I was an extra in public enemies with Johnny Depp. Many movies. Movie, 2008, my pregnant self. You can even see me. Oh, like, really? You can full blown see my face and my body. I just saw the game. I'm sorry. It was totally on topic. I was looking for the Issa Rae movie and I was looking through the the release of Netflix <laughs> and it's like public enemies. <laughs> so I'm sorry. Yeah, you can see me so in the courtroom scene. Want to know what? Uh, looks like <laughs> I'm looking very disapprovingly at Johnny Depp. Hey, uh, that's the scene where uh, I got nearly completely like throw up everywhere, nauseous because I was newly pregnant and everyone in the courtroom was smoking real cigarettes, and no one had realized. Like they kept trying to tell the extras, anything oh, you do in the first take, you have <laughs> oh, to keep God. doing. So if you puff at this word you have to do it every take and i don't think they realized we were going to be in there for like four and a half hours filming this scene and it was like this person sitting next to me in four and a half hours went through two and a half packs of unfiltered cigarettes and i was just next to them wanting to die (laughs) yes the art of making film that's when michael mann also fell into my lap the beauty of making movies (laughs) if literally he tripped over a cord and so I'm right on the aisle on the court scene like, wearing a brown dress. Your 
Yeah, making movies, and you know, when I was really in film school, that's boring. the biggest thing you realize is it's a miracle any movie ever gets made. So I will say that. The fact that there are yeah. Well, yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of hurry up and wait if you're acting in it. If you're making it, it's not necessary. If you're behind the scenes, it's not necessarily like that. But if you're in front of the camera, it's a lot of hurry up and wait. I think and it's, you know, it takes all minutes. day to shoot something that'll be like five minutes long. Not a good movie. Even I have only seen it maybe two no, times. No, it's not good. And that was those both were to show people where I was in the like I saw it in the theater, and then I was like, "Okay, that's enough." And I like had to foist yeah. DVDs onto my grandma and be like, "Watch this to see." <laughs> <laughs> so this movie obviously it filmed in my town and like nearby, and I'm pregnant. <laughs> and they called me back for another scene, so I'm actually in two different scenes in this movie, and you can see me pretty clearly in both of them. And I was. Sitting there, and I was trying to, I was starving to death because, again, pregnant. And they had gone way over when we were going to be eating because there were some technical issues. And the AD, bless them so much, knew I was pregnant. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to get you some food. We'll we'll run to Crafty, which was way far away from where we were filming. Um, And then I look across, like, the Capitol Rotunda, because this is where we were filming, was in our state capitol. And there's Billy Crudup, and he had like four pieces of pizza. And my pregnant belly hoarding all the pizza from you. Well, I mean, obviously they're gonna get fed before we get fed. (laughs) Yeah, but I saw this man with pizza, and all rationale like left my brain. I almost like. It's a miracle I didn't like run and jump on that poor man and he would have no idea what hit him. <laughs> but that's that's like my story about that's mm-hmm. my second weirdest not celebrity encounter aside from <laughs> well, Cena and his ding dongs. I'm gonna bring it around back because that oh, movie so that movie was one that was touted as something that might be an awards worthy <laughs> thing. And one thing I just wanna bring up, one thing I wanna bring up with Netflix. <laughs> is Netflix is really trying really hard to get an Academy Award. Um, And they have a lot of pushback. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, they, I mean, they, they, they brought Scorsese, you know, last year (laughs) um, with that, with that movie that was a hundred. The Irishman. Irishman. Um, (laughs) But they've been really trying to push for one. Roma the year before, which Roma was a really great movie. Um, They had Marriage Story last year as well. Um, and so they're trying each year, they're putting some movies out there that they want to win. And of course, the way it's um, been eligible is it has to be in the theater for at least, like, I think they've released them for like a week or so. But what this comes against is a lot of people like Steven Spielberg and other people have been criticizing them because they're worried it's going to take away from the theatrical experience um, or that it's going to hurt a lot of other filmmakers. And the other thing that they, the other thing that's come up is like big companies like AMC, like they do their best picture showcase every year and they never have the Netflix ones in there because Netflix would only let them show their movie for like a week if they ever were going to show it. And they don't think they, I don't think any AMC theater ever has because of that. So it's just an interesting little thing. And this year though, because of what's going on with the pandemic, the Academy has changed their rules a little bit. 
so a movie no longer has to have been in the theater, but it has to be a movie that, you know, basically was probably going to be in the theater, but then had to be released this way instead because of things going on. Yeah. Well, you think they would be smart and go and do that, but, um, which they have so much money, so (laughs) I'm sure they could find a way to do that. But so you would be able to have stuff like, I don't think it would have ever been in consideration anyway, but the movie Lovebirds that's coming out, that could be in consideration. I mean, I, so that kind I, of thing. I, mean I don't know if anyone has any thoughts on that at all. How what I just said. They are. Netflix and, and but, uh, basically, it seems like just a bunch of old white dudes <laughs> deciding what makes a good movie. Like I've always had some issues with the Academy and they're not mm-hmm. adapting to a new medium of, of, movies basically it's really far it's it just sucks and i mean i think their ratings constantly mm-hmm. decreasing year from year uh to year really kind of shows that they're not keeping up with what people think are important yeah i agree um i think amazon is kind of maybe the best at that of yeah. being a production company and getting movies in the theaters before mm-hmm. their platform too I'm thinking of like the big sick and um, Suspiria um, mm-hmm. were both, I saw in yep. the movie theaters um, yeah. and then they, you know, popped up on Amazon, but those were actual movies that I think people would have wanted to see, even if they hadn't been streaming first, everyone wanted to go see those in the movie theater. And I think Amazon kind of is more successful at that than the others. Well, I just think that it's I think it's a silly rule that it has to be has to have been released in a movie theater in mm-hmm, I agree. in these days and times. Not because not even because of like what's going on with the pandemic or anything like that, but I think when you have um so much uh so much content in movies and television mm-hmm. shows and everything are consumable and accessible by so many people on such a huge platform, um I think it's just really short-sighted and I feel like it's a way to kind of keep their little niche folk mm-hmm. who they like to have win awards continue to win awards rather than actually opening opening up the playing field like the Emmys did the Emmys are Emmys and Golden Globes both have um or both allow streaming services shows to be submitted and I think it makes honestly for a better show <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I didn't see half of no ninety percent of the Oscar nominated movies yeah. just because I I can't get to a theater anymore. We'll see what happens this year because they're going to end up probably having a lot of movies that maybe were never in the theater. So oh, we'll see what that does for the ratings. Sure. Plus, everybody's watching a lot more stuff because they're home and they are. So it'll be an interesting awards season. Yeah, it'll be a very interesting awards season, that's for sure. Um, so let's, let's since we're running short on time here, I'm going to skip ahead and let's just wrap up kind of talking about the fact that now there are so many streaming services. You know, NBC is releasing one, Peacock. Um, you know, HBO is coming out with HBO Max. Um, and, and Disney Plus, of course, was a new one. And then you've got Apple having their own one and Facebook and everything. So there's tons of them. And now the cost of it, depending on how many you get, can exceed the cost of cable. So I just want to get your thoughts on that. If you think there are too many of them, 
for I added up. I was happier not knowing. Now that I know how much I'm spending a month, <laughs> it makes me really sad. Because um, I added up all of our streaming services, and I think we're paying about <laughs> seventy bucks a month in streaming services, um, mm-hmm. which I was totally oblivious to. Um, but yeah, I think I think it depends on the content mm-hmm. as to what you specifically want. You know. Um, I want certain shows that I can get um, on, you know, Disney Plus. And um, I, <laughs> this is your fault, Aaron, because I just subscribed to Shudder um, because I think on a previous episode you recommended that. And now I can't stop watching that. Um, and, you know, like there's <laughs> the specific things. Um, there's yes. a motor trend on demand channel Shutter. that my Shutter husband watches so nonstop. <laughs> Um, things that like you didn't even know existed outside of your world. I'm sure there's like a whole bunch of sports things that we don't watch <laughs> in our house. Um, but yeah, like we've got, I wrote down all the streaming services I'm paying for. So I've got Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, mm-hmm. HBO, Stars, Disney Plus, Shutter, the stupid motor trend thing. I'm sure there's others that I've missed because I just, I just went through the Roku home screen and that's just the ones that, um, <laughs> we're on the Roku so it's getting out of control but I love it in the same boat like I, I think all the time I'm like I'm not buying I'm not gonna pay think, for Meg? another streaming service I'm just not gonna do it um CBS like CBS access came out with theirs and I'm like I'm not paying five dollars a month for a network tv show like I'm not I'm not doing it and I have it that's like the one I've actually held out on <clears throat> but like when Disney plus was announced I was like well I'm at I'm absolutely getting that. And it's been a godsend, like, especially with this stuff. I have kids. Of course, I'm going to get Disney Plus. Um, I haven't even watched The Mandalorian yet because I suck. Oh, um, that's why I got it. Then there's great. All oh, of your favorite my, 80s my, movies from when you were a kid are on Disney yeah, Plus. Oh, it's are you Gargoyles <laughs> is on Disney Plus. Oh and I got goodness. really excited. Like this 90s TV show <laughs> that I was obsessed with as a kid. And I think no one else has ever heard of. But I loved it, and I made my kids watch it, and they're like, uh, thanks, Mom. <laughs> you were really cool as a kid. Um, but, yeah, so I have I have Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, <laughs> HBO, Stars. Like, there was a time when I was sharing passwords with my sister. Like, she would get Hulu, and I got Netflix, and we would just share each other's passwords. And then Hulu got really, really good at be like, hey, bitch, you don't live here. <laughs> so we had to stop that. Um, but I think the only other streaming service I'm going <laughs> to suck it up and buy is probably going to be Peacock because I, I cannot, I can't not have the office in my, in my life. That's like my, that's mm-hmm. my comfort food show. And I'm really pissed. Cause I yeah. thought they said that they're going to have a free version of it, but it doesn't sound like it now. Now you get like five bucks a month for, uh, commercials, which boo. Anyway, but yeah, I've been tempted back. I've almost been tempted back to cable because of how much I've been spending on streaming <laughs> services. Because I pay like $55 a month for Hulu because that's I have Hulu Live. Mm-hmm. Which I love. I do love Hulu Live. You get so much more content. Yeah, I love like, I love the oh. yeah, the like legacy content you can get on the streaming services you you couldn't mm-hmm. get from cable though. Like you said, yeah. you can yeah. watch all the back episodes of The Office and stuff like that so i think they're definitely worth it 
for stuff like that, you know, you always want to go back and watch Battlestar Galactica again. Uh-oh. Forever. I actually bought those on Amazon because they were, I, I, yes. I got so lucky. I bought them when they were like $1.99 a season. Oh my God. What? Well, they switched. Yeah. So battle, it was on some streaming service and then it disappeared. And I had, it was on Prime and now it's on Hulu. <laughs> yeah. I had a total panic attack. Like, oh my god it's gone and so i told my dad i'm like oh my god did you notice it's gone and he's like i'll send you my dvds i'm like i love you and so i have them on dvd now so i'm safe but i've been telling i've been telling other aaron that she has to do a bsg episode and i'll be all over it yes which on my list of future episodes it won't be probably this year but it's <laughs> like chuck disappeared Usually. off of netflix and i again panic bot all Chuck the dvds it's such a good show it's oh, my good. favorite but i can I watch it over and over again time. forever and ever i love this episode's reading. not even a little bit about streaming Aaron. i'm sorry <laughs> oh, it's all right, now let's talk about our favorite no, go, ahead, go ahead finish, finish your thought really quickly. easily distracted i'm going to <laughs> i am i'm adding check to there um but yeah, for um, as far as for me, for the cost of it, I am one of the few that I I just got Disney Plus for the week trial, and then I went, I am never going to watch this, and I canceled it. I know, I know, whatever. I'm I'm weird, but I I just could not find anything on there I wanted to watch. To be quite honest, I think I watched like a couple movies, and then I went, okay, this isn't really for me. And I like some of the content well, on there, think- but. I've discussed before on, on our Disney episode, my thoughts on Disney, but yeah, so I, <laughs> I'm one of the few that didn't get that one, but I do have Hulu, Netflix, Amazon prime, HBO, um, and shutter. But anyway, this episode, we spent about five minutes talking about <laughs> our topic, but it all kind of, it all kind of goes together in some weird kind of way, but <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad I was able really to add good. to your monthly well, streaming budget there, Aaron, oh, with Shudder, yeah. because okay. I I think <laughs> Shudder is one of the better I'm going to save myself some money. <laughs> if you like mm-hmm. horror, it's for horror, so it's not really for you, Megan. <laughs> um, I don't know if I remember telling you that when I yeah, watch yeah, Criminal Minds, really, I have to watch something. Like, I can only watch days. Criminal Minds during the day. <laughs> After that, I have to watch something, like, fluffy. <laughs> because I, like... Uh-huh. Inevitably, when I, right before I go to bed, it used to be when I watched Criminal Minds, it would be like, "Here's a suburban <laughs> mom and her kids, and her husband's out of out of the house right now." And it was always my husband's bowling night or golf night, and it would be me and my kids. And suddenly, I'd be watching this episode where a serial killer comes in and breaks in and kills this basic <laughs> white wine bitch mom <laughs> and her kids. And I'm like, "That's me." Okay, so let's wrap things up now and just go around. And if there's anything else you want to add about streaming, I know most of this episode has been about tangents, but if there's <laughs> anything else you want to quickly mention about streaming or the future of streaming or anything like that, Erin, is there anything else you want to mention? Um, yeah, we covered everything. Um, <laughs> I think I, I love it. I'm never going to go back to cable. I like being able to to pick and choose the things that I want. Even whenever there's something not on streaming, I can buy stuff by the episode. Um, So I just love that of having the option of just buying episodes of what I want. Um, And something that that I've kind of been doing lately is going back and um, watching like the first couple episodes of a show that I used to love. Um, And then like that 
satisfies my need. I don't have to watch the whole show again because it's, you know, I got the taste for it. Yeah. Um, and I love having that variety and the options to do that. Um, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> cool. And Meg, do you have anything else you want to add? Um, I, I think, honestly, I think the future is streaming. I don't think, mm-hmm. I think it's going to eventually kind of crowd out a lot of other mediums, which is a good and a bad thing. I think in a lot of ways, just because it allows for more diverse content and, um, more kind of storytelling from communities and people who maybe aren't able to find a voice in network and even basic cable television. Mm-hmm. So I think that's fantastic. Um, I'm always here though for more competition makes for better content. So kind of squashing all of the competition is antithetical, I think, to what the arts really would be for us. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm all about, I'm all about the streaming life. I keep getting, I get tempted a little bit. I get tempted a little bit because I miss my bar rescue because I don't have Paramount channel. <laughs> I miss my bar rescue marathons, but I'm not, I don't miss them enough to be willing to pay for them. So I'm like, all right, yeah. well, that's good enough, I guess. <laughs> but you know, I can tell you more random stories that are super tangents and that'll be <laughs> Super on brand. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do, we're gonna do a whole episode sometime that'll just be just be Meg random Ma- stuff. Meg random tangents. tangents. Yes, Meg, Meg, tangents. Meg stories. Yes, Meg stories. <laughs> It'll be a special episode. You would have you would have one listener, and that listener would be Carla. <laughs> like, not even I would tune in to hear my own stupid tangents. <laughs> And be like, oh, you have one listen. And you're like, oh, it's Carla Timmons. Of course. And she's heard all of these stories already. So she probably just is like, press play to support my wife. (laughs) Okay, well. See, another tangent. I I did it. (laughs) I'll just just add. um, Yeah, I, I... agree that the future is streaming um i do i the only downside i can see to it is i want i want to still be able to have that opportunity as far as on the movie side to be able to see a movie in the theater that would be the only downside i could maybe possibly see to it um the other downside is i think there's gonna is there's gonna be so much content that i think some other smaller things might end up getting drowned out so that's a worry that I have um, is if you have too much of a good thing, you know, it can be bad. So, or you can get a little bloated from it kind of thing, best way to put it. So that's my only really worry, but I think it's here to stay. I don't see it going away anytime soon. I do think maybe smaller streaming services might suffer or they might have to raise their prices. Um, I could see Hulu possibly raising their prices in the future for just their basic plan. But I, you know, I, I'm happy with the streaming services I have now. I'm happy that with the HBO Max, at least what I've heard is if you already have the subscription to HBO, you'll get it with that. So I do like mm-hmm. that. Um, and I will probably end up getting Peacock because, you know, like you, Meg, I have to have The Office mm-hmm. and all those shows, Parks and Rec, all of that. Those are my comfort food, yeah. um, the, my chicken noodle soup. 
Okay, great. Well, we um, kind of covered streaming. (laughs) (laughs) Among other things. Yes, and lots of different tangents that came from streaming. Um, So we're going to close out and have everyone tell us where they can be found if they want to be found. Start with you, Erin. I'm on Instagram. I am at geek and so um, that's what I do. I geek and I sew things. <laughs> awesome. And Meg? Well, before I tell you where you can find me, I have another random story from my childhood <laughs> that has nothing to do at all about what we're talking about when I was a young child. No, I'm kidding. Back when there was commercials on TV. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, exactly. This is this is like a recipe article online. You only want the recipe, but I'm going to give you my entire family history before you can see it and a slide and, and a slideshow. Um, no. you can, oh my god! You can find me uh, at Wisconsinac, and it's fun story, Erin. I have to write my username down every time before we do this so I remember oh, really? so I remember how to spell it so That's you can funny. find me on all of the things at Wisconsin Act, which is W-I-S-C-O-N-S-E-N-N-A-C-H and again blame Carla I was gonna say if you don't say who to blame I'll be really shocked it's, it's Carla's fault she gave me that nickname I used to be so much easier to find you guys <laughs> And let me tell you a story about that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, and this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at EAprilBeauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. And if you would like to give us feedback on maybe some shows that you uh, guest starred in, made a guest appearance in, um, (laughs) some tangents. If you want to talk about Michael Mann falling in your lap, feel free. (laughs) Yes, then feel feel free to email us at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. And next week, we are going to be talking about. Bruce Campbell, which I'm very excited to talk about Bruce Campbell. <laughs> so we're going to be doing that. And we also um, will have, uh, we're going to have an interview again on Tuesday. So it's going to be, I'm not going to tell you the interview, but it's going to be pretty cool. I'm looking forward to it's it. It's all going to be so, about me and Christmas Eden's penis and tackling Yeah, it's going to be, a, Billy it's going to be an interview with um, I, all I, blew, I blew my entire interview load in this episode. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> this is why when you notice that Meg isn't on for a few weeks, so I'm just kidding. <laughs> for a few months, for like a month. Episodes get shorter yeah. and then they get really, really long. <laughs> well, hey, our Dexter episode was the longest one and you weren't on there. So. <laughs> you know. But anyway... <laughs> And then after that week, then we are, I just want to remind everybody, we're going to be starting our month-long episode of uh, celebrating Pride, so LGBTQ plus focused shows. Um, So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing.